Good morning. Welcome to church. I'm Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you for being with me. You can get involved by going to our chat line and I can respond to your questions and comments. All right. I, um, hi, Mark. How you doing, sir? All well. Good. How's everybody? Good. Great. I, um, I, it was 84 degrees in L.A. yesterday. Isn't that amazing? And so I text one of my brothers who lives in Chicago. <laughs> I'm like, it's 84 degrees. I'm walking around in T-shirt and short pants. He's like, whatever. Because <laughs> it's freezing in Chicago. It's amazing. I, um, before I get into your, because I know you have a lot of questions for me today and comments, I want to mention, did you guys hear what allegedly what the president said or supposed to have said? I think he said he didn't say it. And so, but he should have said it. Even if he didn't say it, he should have said it. Uh, who don't know what the president said, alleged to have said? Well, maybe the people online don't know, but uh, some Democrats are saying that the president was in a uh, congressional meeting talking about amnesty, I mean, immigration, and he was supposed to have said, why are we letting all these people come from those such holes out of, uh, like, Africa and Haiti and uh, El Salvador and those places? And so as a result of the Democrats saying that, the uh, children of the lie had a hissy fit about it. And some of them were crying, and they're just, that's all they've been talking about the whole time. And I'm looking at these people thinking, these people are crazy. I mean, they're acting as though, if he said it, that it's not real. So, like, I saw one channel where the children of the lie was upset about what the president said. And so they had a, a, a video playing of Haiti. You know, you have a split screen. And so I'm looking at hell. The place is like a dump. <laughs> While they're saying, why is he saying this? I'm like, why are they showing this video? They, if they're trying to fool us, they shouldn't be showing, showing the, you know, the asshole while saying that he shouldn't say it. That doesn't make sense to me. They act as though we don't see what they're doing. You know, the, the politician, I didn't realize how wicked, I had not realized how wicked the politicians are until now. I knew they were evil, they had problems, but I had no idea how bad they are. <laughs> they need Jesus. And they act as though we don't know what they're doing. It's crazy. It's like someone's stealing from you, and you're standing right there while they're stealing. But they act like you don't see them. And they look like they believe that you don't see them. That's how the politicians treat us. As though we are so stupid and dumb that they can just say and do anything and we're just not going to know. It just doesn't matter. And I'm like, what are they crying for? Are they crying for the blacks and the Hispanics? Why are they crying for it? Why are they crying? They don't want to go. I said they're crying because they know it's it is that way and they don't want to go back. And yeah. so they realize, you know, if we bring it up, then maybe 
they'll stop taking people from there. <laughs> and they maybe should. send them back. There was uh, a protest in Florida. The Haitian people were protesting. And they were like having a hissy fit. I am educated. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. And I don't like what the president said. So I'm thinking, then go back to your asshole country. That's all you have to do. If you don't like what the president said in another country, you pack up and take the boat back home. <laughs> Can you come over here? Do you have to come on a boat to come from Haiti? Do they have land? They don't have airplanes in Haiti, right? Francisco, you would know. You're from Haiti, right? They have boats? Oh, they come on inner tubes. On inner tubes. Oh, I see. Sometimes <laughs> uh, So it's so crazy. They're telling us. Yes, right. Obama, he talked the same way. He actually was talking about Libya, and he called them uh, the S spot. Uh, see he said that? the same thing, but nobody said anything about it. I realize they don't have anything to offer the people, so they just have a fit about whatever he says. I love the way the president say things and they go into a tailspin. <laughs> it's like they don't meditate at all. <laughs> they haven't even heard about be still and no guy, right? They go, it's like whenever I want to manipulate my wife, if I had one, I want to get her upset. I just say one thing and she just go off. And I'm just sitting there looking at her going off. Oh, if I had one, in my mind I have a wife. And <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I would go to my uncle and aunt's house for like a holiday or something. And we all sit around and all my cousins, everybody there, they're all liberal. Oh, you know. And I just say one thing and the whole room just erupts. <laughs> it just goes nuts. Did you have your hand, Mary? I did, yeah. Okay. I wanted to say, I, I, I don't know if you know who Mia Love is from Utah. Yes. Well, you know, she's, she's a black Republican. Yeah, she's a black Republican. However, she's from one of those hellhole countries. Right. And so she had the nerve to say that the president was racist for saying that. It's like, why don't you go home and get out of our Congress? Yeah, if we, I would think they would say, you know what, Mr. President, you're absolutely right. Thank you for bringing it to the forefront. What can we do to make it better? Yeah, and I'm glad you know I'm saying? here. Thanks. That's for, a, if for, my life is messed up and someone points it out, I want to know, can you help me get it together? I don't but, want to go into a tailspin like, oh, no, why are you saying this? Yeah, but then like she, should, she, she should be saying, thankfully, I was admitted to this country. Right. But she's not. She, and she didn't even go to his uh, inauguration. She, you know, I, and she's supposed to be a Republican. And I just like. I blame this, this us, like though. <laughs> I blame we the people because we let these people elect these kind of people over and over and over again. There was someone on on. Uh, online who took a camera and went into Dick Durbin's neighborhood district and and um and she was like she was walking through downtown area there in uh in his uh district and she was like this is an asshole look at this place downtown is dead look like Gary Indiana nobody they only have a couple of shops there like beauty shops or something like that and it looked like Haiti it was a mess in this country and so I'm thinking, why don't, these, why don't the voters make their representatives do something? Why do you keep voting in the same people year in and year out 
and things are not getting better. It's just crazy. But that's what we've been dealing with this week. It's fun. It's absolutely fun. It's so crazy. One guy on uh, CNN, a radical homosexual, what's that white guy name? Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper. He was like, <laughs> yeah, he was like, why are they saying that about the black people? <laughs> I'm like, be quiet. That man can care less about black people. They like keeping this stuff going because it helped the, the uh, special interest group to feel like they're being oppressed or something. So they use us to really promote what they are doing. I read an article, now I don't know how true this is, but I read a report that um, homosexual men make 10 times more in salary than straight men. Isn't that like shocking? 10 times more money than straight men. Isn't that something? On an average. Did you, are you surprised by that yet? No. You already knew that? I didn't know. I did not have that piece of data, but I have seen uh, neighborhoods that are predominantly gay and all that, and they get... They get um, They're making buku they, money. They, they get gentrified. They're, you know, if, you want to, if you want to know how to fix up your house, uh, ask a couple of gay guys. You know. <laughs> Amazing. Yes, James. I have some people online saying that Jesus doesn't think like this. The Jews? Jesus. Jesus doesn't think like what? Like disparaging other countries with no compassion and stuff like that. Jesus doesn't think like what? <laughs> disparage. He doesn't disparage other countries. With so no he wouldn't compassion. call it a hellhole? Right. What would he call it? Something worse than that? A brood of vipers? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> who, who, whoever is saying that, you're absolutely wrong. You are so wrong. Go read the Bible over again. And don't interpret what you read. How come people think that Jesus is not tough on hell? Jesus wasn't some little penny-handy guy, like, you know? He was a tough guy. And they got the wrong impression of Jesus. What? Um, this question is kind of somewhat related. Um, Moxie Girl asked... <laughs> Where you said you become like what you hate. Yes. Why don't the liberals become conservatives? Because they hate conservatives. Oh, that's a good, good question. That's a question. Yeah. Uh, and the reason for that, because you cannot become good from hating. You can only become evil from hating good. But you can't be made to be good from uh, by hating good. You have to love good. You have to love being corrected. You have to love realizing you're wrong. That's a very good question. I've never been asked that before. Why can't the liberals become like the people who are good? Uh, like the good people can become evil, like the people who are bad. It's, you can't, it doesn't work. You have to repent to become good. You have to acknowledge that you're wrong. That's a very good question. Anything else? So, um, Ed, I want you to turn to Luke. Sorry. You didn't bring your Bible? I did bring my Bible. You did not? Did you bring your cell phone? I guess I could, yeah. Oh, you, you didn't bring your Bible, but you brought your cell phone. Yeah, always. Um, uh, what? The Bible's too big. Huh? The Bible's too big. <laughs> Can you pull up Luke 8 
I mean, Luke chapter 20 for me. And I want to know, before I tell you my, my subject, but I first want to make sure you guys and ladies come with questions. I don't want to just preach at you on Sunday. You've already had that. All right? So this is a fellowship. So Luke 20, um, verse 9 through 19. Let me just say this first. Um, it's the parable of the wicked tenants. Anybody ever heard about that? How many people read that? Oh, good. All right. And the rest of you don't read the Bible. <laughs> this is the parable of the wicked tenant. So I'm reading this, I'm like, wow, this is so good. And I've read it before, but I don't know, it just went through my head, I guess. Uh, you have it? So uh, start, this is chapter 20 of Luke. And I want you to listen carefully because I want feedback on this. All right. We are fellowshipping together. All right. So I want you to listen carefully to what I'm about to read. You have it, Mark? I hear you went on, on your little boat yesterday. Mexicans try to act like white folks. Everybody want a boat. <laughs> Can you swim? <laughs> he was going to Haiti. <laughs> okay. Um, so listen carefully to this. All right. Hear it. And he went on to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard and leased it to tenants and went abroad for a long while. When the right time came, he sent a servant to the tenants to get his share of the produce of the vineyard. But the tenants thrashed him and sent him away empty-handed. But he went on to send a second servant. They thrashed him too and treated him shamefully and sent him away empty-handed. He still went on to send a third. They wounded this one too and threw him out. Then the owner of the vineyard thought, What am I to do? I will send them my, beloved, my own beloved son. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they put their heads together, saying, This is the heir. Let us kill him so that the inheritance will be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Now, it sounds like uh, Joel and Esteban, what they did to James when he fired them. <laughs> okay. Now, what will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and make an end of these tenants and give the vineyard to others. Hearing this, they said, God forbid. But he looked hard at them and said, then what does this text in the scriptures mean? The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Anyone who falls on that stone will be dashed to pieces. Anyone it falls on will be crushed. And the scribes and the chief priests would have liked to lay hands on him that very moment because they realized that this parable was aimed at them, but they were afraid of the people. Amazing. And so some of you have read that before in life. All right. What does that mean to you? You've read this before today, right? Yes. Yeah. And what does it mean to you? Primarily. Primarily, um, the same thing that got uh, Abel killed, which is jealousy. They were jealous, and so 
they didn't carry out their end of the bargain because they felt justified in their jealousy. Oh, okay. And how does that enhance your life to know, to believe that that's what it means? Well, I mean, I, you know, also have been jealous of others for things. Oh. And it hasn't made my life move forward at all. Are you still jealous at times? Oh, I, it's changed to admiration oh. now, you know, where, well, I mean, that's part of jealousy anyway, but, you know, the, the jealousy part is, is going away quickly. Right. Yeah. Okay. Who else have read that before? You read that before? What does it mean when you, what did it mean to you when you read it or even now when you heard to, it? To me, it seems that God set up an order and he sent his word and there were people who became a religion. And God sent prophet after prophet after prophet, and he wanted a return. They treated his prophets badly. And when he sent his son, they killed his son and cast him outside the city. And God took away that, that religion of the scribes and the Sadducees, took it away and gave it to the world. That's what I think it means. And, and believing that that's what it is, does that, how does, does that enhance your life in any way? No, but it gives me the understanding that if you serve God and God wants something done, People are always going to try to mess with you to try to take it away from you. Okay. So it at least it makes me aware of, you know, what other people may think. All right. Uh, yes. So, Mar, have you read this before today? No. Uh, do you read the Bible? Sometimes. Boy, you better read the Bible. Okay. You're going to need it on that boat. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. I think it's... Um a good example of doing what's right is not always doing what's nice sounding and feels good. Uh, the first time he sent him, the guy got sent away, then the guy got beat, then the guy got wounded, and then they killed his son. Well, none of that would have happened if he wasn't weak. If he didn't say, oh, okay, I gave these people land, they don't want to pay, I'm going to be nice to them again. That's not the right thing to do. You're supposed to deal with it. Yeah. Don't resent them. Don't hate them. Don't kill them. Just kick them off the land, and people wouldn't have been wounded. His son wouldn't have been killed. Um, and does that enhance your life in any way? To to yes. n- to believe that that's what that belief is. Yes, in because it's not all about feelings. What feels good? What feels nice? Uh, stay out of your thoughts, especially the ones that seem good. They're setting you up. I know. I'll be really. I'll send them a cake. It's not a good idea. Okay. Interesting. Um, way in the back, you said you read this before, right? And what does it mean to you? I thought I knew, but I realized that I don't. Oh, you, what made you realize you don't? I don't know. All of a don't let me make you nervous. When I was reading it right now, it just doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, anybody? Yes, Mary. Have you read this before today? Yes. And what does it mean to you? Well, t- today it means to me that... Um, you look nice, Mary. Well, thanks. Well, today it means... Joe to accused, I got a whole lot of witnesses. I'm not trying to <laughs> sexual harass you. <laughs> well, t- today it means... Today it means to me... In, in, in what's you just going- look very nice. Though. That's all I'm saying. Thank you. I don't want you like 20 years from now... Thank you. Okay. He sexual harassed me in church. <laughs> but 
<laughs> but to, today it means to me like, you know, like, the, for instance, like, we've been so gracious to these people who have come into our country. We've given them a place, a safe haven. And now we're calling upon them to, they, they won't even learn the language. They won't even, so whenever we call upon them to do something, they go, get out of our face. We don't have to. And every time they need to do something, they don't want to, but they want to take away our place. Okay. And does that enhance your life to, well, to know that? It Are enhanced, you personally enhanced in any way by believing that that's what that's talking about? Well, yes, because it gives me the, the peace of mind that there's nothing that I need to be angry about them for because that's just the way it is. And we just need to, if we can, if, if possible, to set it straight so that people get the right, you know, start down the right path instead of just trying to take, take, take. Okay. You have to give something back. All right. Interesting. Yes, James. To me, the... I mean, the most obvious parallel that I think of is like what God did with sending the prophets and stuff to to God's people. He sent the prophets to warn them and stuff like that, and they they treated them worse and worse and worse and killed Jesus. Um, but it kind of reminds me of like um, the fact that when you let evil be in your life, God warns you, and the warnings get like more and more severe, and you become more and more evil, unless until you change, oh, okay. it's, unless you change, basically. And are you enhanced by believing it? I don't know. I just <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> you just, you don't know. You just thought of it. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Who is Hermes? Is Hermes here? So you went on the boat yesterday, too, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That's amazing. I had a blast. I'm about to go to San Diego. <laughs> yes, Hermes. What does that mean to you? Uh, can you repeat, repeat what he said? Question? Uh, I, heard, they, I heard the scripture, but... What does that scripture mean to you? Um, I, have to, actually, I, I, I need to smoke on that a little bit. You need to smoke on it? Yeah. You bought some of that free pot. <laughs> <laughs> that legalized pot. So, this is so interesting. How, anybody online? Anybody watching? No, respond to that? Nobody's responding yet. Okay. So, let me ask this then. Yes. And the reason I'm doing it this way, because you need to know that you know that you know, not because someone said it. And we've grown up in life uh, just believing what somebody say, what the parents say, what the teacher says, what the preacher says, what the drug dealer says. What the whatever says, and we don't know for ourselves, and that's a big problem, because if you don't know for yourself, you don't have it. You really don't have it, and you can know that you know that you know. Go ahead. You know, I reread this after I um, read it, and uh, what strikes me as very odd and telling is when the verse sixteen. Now, what will the owner of the vineyard do to them? Right. Mm -hmm. after they've committed all these grievous injuries against the owner and his son, killed his son. 
Now, what will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and make an end of these tenants and give the vineyard to others. Now, doesn't that make common sense? That's what anyone would do, right? These people are no good. They just killed his son and, and abused his tenants, and all they were doing is trying to collect the rent. But yet, the scribes and Pharisees around said, God forbid. Why would you say God forbid? That doesn't make any sense at all, but that's the liberal mentality that has been existing forever. You know, don't punish the criminal. You know, don't, don't let them suffer for their crimes. Uh, what the heck is that all about? Amazing. Yeah. Um, can you tell the difference when something is revealed? Let me ask you for a since he's done with the mic. Can you tell the difference when, when the truth has been revealed to you as opposed to knowledge? I can in that it comes so quickly um, that I don't have, there's no thinking about it. it, it, it and it's so, it's so whisper quick and quiet that most of the time I miss it, you know, and, and the intellect covers over it real quick. But, uh, I don't understand on the times how that could be when God revealed things to you. You can't miss it. Oh, okay. Well, it seems like that's what's happening to me. No. When he reveals things to you, it sticks. It stays. You cannot miss it. Um, so, and look, this is relaxed. We're fellowshipping. You know, we're just fellowshipping. You don't get an A. You don't get a B or F. We got to get some understanding here, right? So that's why I'm doing this. What? Uh, about this thing? Okay. I'll come back to that. I want to hold my thought on that. Yes. Joel's watching, and he said, to me, the men... Oh, what the heck? The men who... Dang. <laughs> <laughs> to me, the men who rejected the men that were sent are parallel to the Pharisees rejecting the truth. So to him, it's... Interesting. An example of rejecting the truth. Yeah, interesting. Yes, Mark. Just read this Thomas Sowell quote I find pretty funny. He says, when people have been privileged for so long, they see equal treatment as discrimination. <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if you let your kid yeah. just be spoiled and spoiled, he acts out and you're like, oh, he's tired. He's tired. You're, you're doing him a huge disservice. Amazing. He's a smart man. Uh, Francisco, you want to take a stab at that? Uh, I, I've never read it, but oh, okay. uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, that that the saying, "Who bless those who bless thee, curse those who, who curse thee," almost like the people who who hate the uh, hate Jews, uh, hate Israel. Um, you know, the Arabs around them; they're not doing as well as the, the Jews. Can you tell when things are being revealed to you as opposed to intellectual knowledge of it? Yes. And so is that revealed to you what you just said? No. So why are you saying it then? I said this is what, this is what it, it means to me. Oh, okay. All right. Um, God didn't come down and explain it to me in a movie <laughs> or anything. All right. Mark, can you tell when... The difference between this is so important because the children of God uh, have to know and be guided by the voice of God. 
and you got to get over being um, instructed and guided by the voice of your your father, the devil. And so once you're born again, once you're drawn back into the kingdom of heaven, the one thing that's going to happen is that you're going to recognize his voice and know the voice of the devil. And so in all things, you become more and more aware of his voice and you will get revelation from him a knowing from him rather than keep trusting in uh, what you, you know, your intellect, which is of your father, the devil. And so that's why I'm asking, can you tell when things are being revealed as opposed to once you read about it and then Satan interpret it for you? It's just so interesting to see this happening. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, I know what you're saying. Yes, Mark. Yes, I can. And so was that revealed to you or your intellectual knowledge? It was revealed to me. It was? And did it enhance you in any way? Yes. In what way? When it's intellectual. And it's not a test, so just be honest and relax and grow. When it's intellectual, not only do I hear words, but I feel good about myself. I feel like I'm right, and I want people to hear me because I'm right. Yeah. And when it's revealed to me, it has nothing to do with me. It's what is right. And, and I have no control over the outcome. Yeah. It's not about me getting what I want. And what is right is right today, yesterday, and tomorrow. It will okay. always be right. Interesting. Yes, Are uh, you got everybody having fun? Yes. I'm totally having a good time right now. Jeremiah, are you having fun? Yeah. Or would, you, or would you rather be hanging out with your friends right now? <laughs> uh, it took too long to answer that. Uh-huh. <laughs> when he went, uh, that was the answer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Frankie. Uh, for me, when when things are revealed in situations, uh, it's uh, like walls are put in front of me to block me from doing stupid things. And then... Uh, Afterwards, I see why, because it wasn't meant for me to be, wasn't meant to have. So situations have happened to me, and uh, I've been stopped from doing foolish things. And then later on, it's revealed that that was because it wasn't. So when you read that scripture right now, was it revealed to you what it meant, or you just God didn't come down here and stop me from speaking (laughs) crazy things. I just told you. you he asked doesn't me have what to I, come down here. He's already here. He's inside of you. Yeah, you asked me what it. What it uh, okay. What it, All right. Yes, James. And then I'm back here. Uh, Shocker Zulu is asking, Jesse, how do you know that your thoughts are not from Satan? But my thoughts are from Satan. All thoughts are from Satan. All thought are fr- thoughts are from Satan. That's the point. Uh, God said, my children shall know my voice. And so his voice is a voiceless voice. It's a revelation. He reveals things to you. And Satan's voice is the one that talks to you in your head all the time. All the time. So that's how you know. Uh, so were you telling me how you know? You know, before um, I say that, um, what that question was just based on is that that caller or that that question was based on the, the fact that he thinks that all words that you speak, and I'm not just talking about you, but everybody, 
comes from their thoughts. So that's why he asked you that question. Are your thoughts evil? Oh. Because he believes that all words emanate from thought. So let me ask, when you read that scripture just now, yeah. and this is, again, relaxing, act like we were just sitting alone, having fun. And it said, uh, uh, then what does this text in the scripture mean? And it, when it says, the stone which the builder rejected has become the cornerstone. Everybody's omitting that for some reason. Why is that? That didn't mean anything to you? Well, there is um, a lot of that I read there, but that part is more uh, inspiring to me. When, you know, because I'm thinking the stone that, when it talks about that, of course, I've already been told this, you know, a long time ago. The oh, stone, no the repeat stone. what you've been told. All right. Oh, hold that point. Um, so, my, the theme for this year is self-knowledge. Everybody remember that? This whole year is to get to know yourself. I asked James, did he, I'm like, did you practice the theme this week? He's like, what is it? <laughs> I'm like, no, then you didn't practice. If you have to ask me what it is. Uh, so the theme is self-knowledge. Uh, what I wanted to ask, based on this alone, I wanted to ask, what cornerstone have you rejected in your life? What cornerstone have you rejected in your life? And what I realized from talking to people about this is that when, and I've been guilty of this in the past, you know, when you read the scriptures, I noticed that people look for outside, it always seemed that people look for outside answers to the scriptures that they read. They'll, get, they'll read the scriptures and then they'll give you uh, empty responses to the scriptures, they are associated with physical things when it's not necessarily, it might mean that in some cases, but it's more, the scriptures are there to edify us and to cause us to get to know ourselves. Uh, it's not just there for intellectual knowledge and then for you to interpret what you think it means and, it's, and not even noticing that it's not enhancing your life at all. Because the truth is supposed to enhance you. It changes you. It, it, it pushes you forward and all that good stuff, right? But if it's not happening, I would think that you would think, well, if that's what that means, why am I not getting any better here? I don't, it doesn't feel, it doesn't make any sense. And, and it looked like people can't really tell the difference between the voice of Satan and the voice of God. And that's a problem. That makes sense. Um, so my, uh, my question is, what cornerstone have you rejected in your life? And that's what this whole conversation is about. Remember, he said that the, the, the priest uh, realized that he was talking about them. He wasn't necessarily talking about the man that had the land and wouldn't share it with everybody. He, it was deeper, and the priests realized it. That's why they wanted to kill him. Because they realized that God or Jesus saw them for what they really were about. It's not just about the, the former guy with the, with the grapevine or whatever it is. So 
Um, did I see your hand? What cornerstone have you rejected in your life? And then we'll move down about this. Yes, sir. Have you thought about this before? I have. What cornerstone have you rejected in your life? Reality. And what does that mean? To me, I have to face, uh, face the, uh, the reality of my responsibility to what, is right, uh, to what is right. If I cannot commit myself to what is right, I'm, uh, what's the use of living? Oh. Well, you might end up dying. Hmm. And you know why? Why? Because you can't commit yourself to what is right. I am unable. I am. You say I'm able to commit to what's right. You're not able to. So, uh, so that means I'm. Uh, I'm evil from the day I was born. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna die evil, like Oprah said. You gonna die. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding about that. What I mean is that of ourselves, we can do nothing. And of ourselves, we know nothing. And as soon as you realize that, and then you see the kingdom of God first, he will cause those things to happen. He will cause you to submit to him. Because he is the truth, right? So he will cause you to do that. You're only going to frustrate yourself if you try to do that on your own. You cannot do it of yourself. All egos like to believe that they can submit to the truth, and you can't. Our battle is a spiritual battle. And of ourselves, we know nothing. And of ourselves, we can do nothing. And as soon as you know that and stop fighting it, then things will start to happen. Because when you're trying to make yourself submit, you're playing God. And it's never going to happen. And then when it doesn't happen, then you condemn yourself. Oh, I'm just condemned to hell. I was born in hell. I'm going to die in hell. Because you've tried to do something that you cannot do. You have to accept this, not be mad about it, not have an opinion of it, and seek the Father, and he will cause it to happen. So what you say is that I must surrender, uh, surrender myself to God and know that I'm impotent. Yeah, but I don't like all that either. <laughs> And the reason I don't, because there's been so many words that have been learned that sound good, I must submit myself and know that I'm impotent. That sounds all holy and good, right? None of that crap either. It just know that you're wrong, and he'll do the rest. And, and not, there's a lot of church saying now, and that's part of it. You know, I must submit myself and know that I'm impotent. You don't need to know all that about yourself either. You just need to know you're wrong for playing God. And anyone who makes decisions, who judge, who overreacts, who, who are doing all those things are playing God. And as long as you play God, then, you know, I tried to have this conversation with a guy at the gym the other day. And we were, like, talking about something. And I asked him a question. He's like, um, that's your truth. I have my truth. And that's your truth. I'm like, you've been listening to Oprah? Nobody has a truth. You don't have your own truth. You're influenced by the lie or by the truth. You do not have your own truth, but it feels so good to say my truth. It's just a made-up word that deceives the ego. All right? So let all that go and just seek the Father, knowing of yourself you can do nothing. And he will change you. He'll draw you in. 
He will cause you to repent. He will change your life. Thank you for the advice, for yeah. the help. And, and stop condemning yourself. Don't condemn yourself. God does not condemn you. Your father, the devil, condemns you. You believe it, and now it's over. I'm just a drug addict. <laughs> and then you go for a week or two without doing drugs, and then you think, wow, I am so holy. <laughs> like, wow. And then that very next day, you fire up a joint. Do they still call it joint? And then you think, oh, I'm not holy. You know, you condemn yourself. Don't do any of those things. Really, you're playing God. Uh, yes. So Jesus spoke with common words. He wasn't an intellectual, so he used words that people understood. Right. So I didn't know what cornerstone meant. I didn't know the importance. So I looked it up. The cornerstone is the first stone laid in the foundation. It's the most important stone. All stones are referenced from that. It's the foundation stone. Uh, example, the, uh, the stone um, in Jerusalem at the well, Temple because, Mount. Uh, because of time, yeah. what cornerstone have you rejected in your life? I, I don't know off the yeah. top of my head. I wasn't thinking about it. Oh, okay. This is why, and I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm running out of time. And, uh, but I appreciate what you're saying. You're right about the cornerstone thing, you know. Uh, how many people thought about this? What cornerstone have I rejected in my life? You have it? Yes, sir. So a couple things. Uh, let, let me go back just a bit on the knowledge and, and revelation thing. Yes. Uh, revelation feels like a gift. Knowledge feels like work yes. to me. Uh, what Revelation just comes knowledge in. Knowledge is a bunch of empty, lifeless words. And, it and, just builds you up. It's like the politicians. They're filled with knowledge. And they think they're better than everybody. And you're looking at them, they're so foolish. They're so crazy. They're so dumb, but they think they're so smart. I look at the, uh, the, um, the Golden Globe Award thing, right, that they had. Did y'all see that? I didn't see it. I couldn't watch it too hard, so I had to, I had to have my employees watch it, and then they tell me about it. <laughs> I put them, put them through the pain. But I'm looking at these people getting up, and they're so empty, but they feel so grand about themselves. They literally say they're better than any of us, but they're so dumb, and they applaud each other. Oprah gave a speech, and the people are like, oh, that's so beautiful. President, run for president. And the woman was dumb. She said nothing. Everything she said was not true. But because she said it, and because she sounded like a preacher, uh, they loved it. But anyway, go ahead. So, so that was just one insight when you had asked about it for me. But the cornerstone that, that uh, I rejected uh, was, well, here, let me put it different. The, I accepted the opposite of a, of a good cornerstone, that anger would actually serve me to succeed. And uh, in many ways it does. The only problem is when you use anger or you, when people become afraid of you at work, for example, you build up a structure based on anger, and wow, at some point, it's going to come down on you pretty hard. So that's, that was one of the things. I, I, I rejected the fact that anger couldn't ultimately help me. Oh, now, okay. when I start to get, trying to get to operate without anger, you're suddenly without, you don't know what direction to go in. It's yeah. like, what do I do now? Because I built all this stuff around partially with anger. 
Very. And anger is a big temptation in society today because a lot of things make you want to be angry. Yeah. They call it motivation. You know, uh, yeah. and all these how-to books. And, <laughs> they do, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Very, very good, man. Uh, that's one thing you like. And um, most people reject that in their life, meaning that they accept that and they think it's good or they, you know, they repress it or they make up excuses about it. But what, what you got to realize, as long as you... Uh, reject that by not overcoming it, you're not going to build a strong house. And the things that we reject in our lives or are um, uh, repressed in our lives, it prevents us, our house from being made solid and prevent you from building a solid foundation. And so some people, a lot of people don't want to look at those things in their lives that like, uh, let me see if I can give some examples. Well, anger is definitely one. Um, desires is another one. You know, a cornerstone in your life is anger, your desires, your truth. Um, trying to forget about bad experiences in life that you go through. You know, bad things that happen. A lot of people, rather than facing those things and overcoming them, they reject it. And because they reject that cornerstone, they are not able to build a strong life. You got to face everything and you're not going to be able to do it until you get to know yourself. Because you're not going to see it clearly until you keep your eyes on yourself. So you can see what it is you're trying to avoid in your life in order to repent you got to know that you're completely wrong. And the only way you're going to know you're wrong is that you got to completely see yourself. And so these little things that you do and then avoid are holding you back. It's holding back your foundation from being built. The thing that frees you up is the very thing that builds the solid foundation. When God allowed me to see that I had this anger you know, in my life uh, and I accepted that, didn't get angry about it or anything. We're glad to see it. That's when everything started to change for me. Because I had not realized prior to that, that that was the cornerstone that was holding me back in life. So whatever your little desires are, whatever your uh, emotions are about, whatever it is, you need to face that so you can overcome it. It's holding you back. And so these priests, they were not really looking at themselves. They were not men of God. They were, they were preaching, but they didn't know God. They were phonies, and he could see that in them. That's why they wanted to kill him. The same way your friends are going to want to kill you when you finally wake up. So what I did, I jotted down a few things for you to think about this week. Yes, sir. Oh, and then I got to go here to Hermes. Uh, you know, the number one cornerstone that I've rejected is correction. When it comes my way, you know, um, it can be anything as subtle as my attitude or how I'm, how I'm acting. Um, just any kind of correction. And that's why it's been difficult for me to sit still and all that stuff. Yeah. It's just that, that not, having, not being able to deal with I'm wrong yes. kind of thing. It is so important 
to be still and know God. You know, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and everything will be added. You got to have that prayer time first thing in the morning. You got to watch yourself during the day. You got to stop overreacting so that you can overcome. Um, a friend of mine was just this morning was setting up a project. And, then, and, and he is a guy, too. He's not even a woman, at least in the physical. Um, he was setting up this project and something was in the way. And right away he would go, why is this here? This is not right. Why is this in my way? How am I? I'm like, I, saw, I heard this voice in the background. I'm like, what are you doing? Just move the stuff away or do something about it. Why are you carrying on like that? Like a little liberal woman. Ah, this shouldn't be in my way. I'm like, well, just calm down and you can see how to make it right. And then I'm like, do you see that you're acting like you're overreacting? You're not acting manly right now? Yes, Jesse. <laughs> I'm like, no. Do you really see? So, because I'm thinking maybe he'll realize that he's overreacting. It's carrying on about nothing, really. And in overreacting, he stopped. But he didn't see it. He just kept doing it. And then I'm like, how come you don't stop when you see that you're acting that way? I can understand, you know, maybe getting caught up. But at some point, you realize, oh, why am I acting this way? This is stupid. And just stop. Then you can get better that way as well. Yes, Hermes. I just, did you define the word cornerstone, or did anybody define it? Yeah, he did. Okay. You know what it means? I mean, to me, it means like the... I don't know, pillar or part of the foundation of what your life is built on? Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And in this case, the cornerstone of your life is the thing that you're not facing in your life. It's the thing that you're rejecting that's holding you back. And so that's one of the reasons I ask, when you read this, can you tell that you're not getting revelation from God? Because when you get revelation, you get insight. You can see. You can overcome. And it's you're not supposed to just read the scriptures and then Satan's already interpreted what it means by giving you another physical example of what that means. So you're not supposed to go that way with it. It's best to just read it and put it away and then understand it would come rather than immediately interpret the scriptures. It's best to know that you don't know. And if you're just interpreting scripture, you have no idea what you're talking about. All you're doing is associating it with another physical uh, situation, and that's not going to change your life. What are y'all thinking? Everybody having fun? Yes, sir. So I, I wrote down a few things I want to just quickly run through, too. Yes. You know, the perfect man... Um, could th- would, should be able to thrive in life never hearing another compliment about himself, just criticism. You know, because um, all my life I've been told, well, you know, people need to hear criticism and praise. Criticism and praise. You know, but um, truly, criticism is the, is the cornerstone of, um, of uh, growth. And it's praise is not at all. And... Um, if I would have just been able to handle criticism, I could have handled praise because 
I see I couldn't handle either one, actually. You know, I would be in, re- fake in reality, temp- you shouldn't have to need either one of those. Because once you enter into the kingdom of heaven within, you see both of those as imposters. Because someone can tell you, criticize you, now you're feeling badly about it, and then they can come back and praise you, and now you're feeling good about it. You should just let it go in one ear and out of the other both ways. And if it's the truth, you see that it's the truth, and it changes you. And if it's not the truth, it just go to it will have an effect. So you should be able to see the truth about praise or criticism, yes. is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, because if it's true, the praise, yeah. you see it without getting pumped up or, yeah. or let down by the criticism. Because a lot of times people criticize you, and, and, and most of the time they don't know what they're talking about. You know, they just think they see something about you. And then here you now feel it all down and like, oh, yeah, that's right. Or they'll praise you, they have no idea what they're talking about. And so you have to, there's a poem called If. Remember that? Yeah. You have to be like If. If you haven't read it, you got to go read it. Um, yes, sir. He's on the phone now, but. Sergio, did you have your hand up? Uh, yeah. Okay. Isn't the cornerstone that Jesus was referencing in that passage God? Didn't he mean build your, build your church, your life, on starting with God as the cornerstone so when, it doesn't fall apart? Well, God is our cornerstone, but what he referring there is that you, the things that you're, this quote-unquote bad thing that you're rejecting and not facing in your life, that's the cornerstone that if you face that, then you can, you allow, you can overcome it and the cornerstone, the house will be built on solid ground. Well, it's being added, on, you know, it causes you to rely on God. And your, your foundation is built on him. But if you're not seeing what's in you and overcome it, your foundation is not built around God or on God. Right, right. Even though you say it. Right, because one thing that wasn't mentioned about the definition of cornerstone, also the weight of the building is designed to fall on the cornerstone. So the cornerstone is supposed to hold everything together. Without a good cornerstone, no matter how good your foundation looks, the, the pressure is going to, it's always going to sink to one direction. So that's another purpose of the cornerstone. Oh, uh, okay. That's just head knowledge. I don't know what you're talking about. That's just head knowledge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So let me tell you this. Any questions about this? No? Uh, have you, this is your first time here? Yeah. Any questions about that? I'm glad you came. Oh, thank you. How did you hear about us? Uh, YouTube. Oh, good. Well, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Any questions about that at all or any input you have with that? Well, um, I hear too many times that you said um, we needed to born again. Yes. And uh, that's the question. How to born again? That's a good one. You, by realizing that you're not, and so anyone who has anger is not a son or daughter of God. And so when you can just realize you're not, but don't be upset. Don't trip out. Just know you're not. It'll start to happen. And born again simply means returning to the Father. A return back to God. How? By forgiving your earthly father and your mother. And when you forgive, then God will forgive you and he'll draw you in. When you can admit you're wrong for being angry. Because anger is the nature of your father the devil. All people who are angry is a son or a daughter of God. And so when you and, and it's judgment. 
So when you can realize you're wrong for judging, being angry, which is the same thing, then that's when you can repent. He will forgive you and you'll be free. And if your parents are still alive, whomever, yourself or anyone, you have to go to them and apologize to them for being angry at them for what they've done to you. Even if they don't apologize, which is fine. I love the way he has it set up. He has it set up where if you go to your father, your mother and say, you know what? I'm sorry for being angry at you for being so impatient or you were yelling at me or or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. You were wrong for what you did to me, but I'm wrong for being angry at you about it. And in that very moment, you will go free. God will forgive you because that's what forgiveness is. Realizing you're wrong. And then he'll draw you in back unto him. Back into the kingdom. That makes sense? Yes. Have you apologized to your parents for being angry at them? No. And, and why not? Well, it's, uh, my dad uh, passed away a long time ago. Right. If, uh, I, How I about was your mother? My mother, yeah. I, I guess I need it. You what? I, I guess I need it. I, I really need it to yeah, talk did. to her and... And you notice that you became just like your mother and you don't want to be like her? Sure, I know because she, I grew up because of her. Yeah. I mean, well, you become like whomever you're angry at. So if you're angry at your mother as a child, you take on her spirit and you lose yourself and you grow up being just like her. And you would say, I would never be like my mother. I don't want to be like that. But you end up becoming that way anyway. So what I understand is uh, when I read the John 3 that is talking about the, the born again, Jesus Christ talked to, to this uh, person. And, yes. And Jesus Christ explained that we needed to put our trust on him. Right. First. Right. Right? Yes. And he, like you say, the spirit, the, the the spirit that is dead, is going to be alive. If we put our trust in him, and but, then he revealed us that we are sinners, and we needed to to. But that's not going to happen until you can see that you're wrong. For, but sometimes, sometimes in life, uh, we don't. Uh, we don't know that we are wrong yes. because that is so everybody true. does. You know. Yes, absolutely. And and it's a, it's a it's like our eyes are closed of yes. the reality of the our problems. You are so right, and the reason I say you are so right because I would not have known, and I was going to church. I read the Bible. I was hooping at Holland. You know, giving tithes and offering, just doing everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would not have known that I was wrong with the anger unless it was revealed to me. Because no one explained that to me. That anger is unforgiveness and you need to go and forgive. And when you forgive, just apologize for being angry, for judging. Then you'll be free. It was shown to me to do that. And so when I did it, God forgave me and he drew me back to him. And so that's why... But a lot of people don't know that. How do you do something like this and don't know it, right? That's why I'm constantly telling people that you're never going to be born, return to the Father until you forgive. 
So that, that's that's what means return to the Father. Yeah, that's what's born to put again your trust is about. And him and and say I'm I have all these issues, so. Well, he mean. I sin against God. First of all. Well, what he mean is that you got to forgive your earthly father first, because if you cannot love your earthly father, you can't love God. You can't even go to him because. Um, uh, the earthly father represent God on earth. Men represent Christ. Even if they're a poor representation of that, they represent Christ. So when, you, when, you re, when you're angry at your earthly father, then you're angry at God too. But when you forgive your earthly father, then God will forgive you. And through your earthly father, you return back to the father, okay. to your spiritual father. So, and that's why men are, are under attack. Because they represent Christ on earth. They are the Christ. And Eva understands that. And so it is constantly going after men. Weaken them. Turn them into girls. Uh, you know, make them afraid to speak up. Make them of none value at all. No value so that the family won't respect them. And then the, the women and children will suffer. So you've got to forgive your earthly father and your mother. What? And since your father's dead already, right? What is it? Your father's dead? Yes. yes. So what you do is realize when you get to know yourself, you're going to see that you have done and are doing crazy things. And you don't want to do them. It's something making you do it. And you can't help yourself. And you wouldn't want your kids or anyone to be angry at you. Your father feels the same way. Whatever he did, he didn't mean to do it. But he had that anger, too, and it caused him to do whatever he did to you. And so if you can understand that about yourself, it will help you understand that about your earthly father, then God can forgive you. That make sense? Yes. So will you go to your mother? Uh, she's coming from Mexico, and uh, I, I, have, I needed to talk to her. Yeah. Are you scared to... already just thinking about having to do it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Isn't that amazing that we as adults are afraid to talk to our mothers, yeah. to be honest with them? And the reason for that is because you become controlled by what you hate. Mm -hmm. It controls you. Mm -hmm. And so she has control over your life. And even if, you should, if she should die before you, she will control you from the grave as well. Yeah. So you need to, when she gets here, just say, you know what? Whatever she did, I have been angry at you for being so impatient or controlling. You, know, you hated my father. You tried to control my life. And you still try to control my life now. That's why you're coming here to visit. And I really don't want you here, but I'm afraid to tell you not to. And, and I'm sorry for that. <laughs> I, I realize you can't help yourself. And I'm sorry for holding that against you. No, I really love my mom, but it's something that... No, you don't love her yet. You will love her once you forgive her. Oh, okay. Yeah. All human beings who have anger have no love. You cannot love because there is no anger. I mean, there's no love in anger. Now, you may feel emotional toward her, but that's coming from evil and not from real love. The love of God working through you. Because if you loved her, you wouldn't be afraid of her. Mm. You're not afraid of people that you love with the love of God. That makes sense? Yes. So make sure you have an honest talk with and don't tiptoe around it. 
Don't be saying, well, well Mom, I love you. I, I, I really don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just say, hey, I've been resenting you. And here's why. I realize now you're crazy. You can't help yourself. And I'm sorry for that because I become as crazy as you are. You become like what you hate, right? And if your mother says, I'm sorry, daughter, then that's nice. If she starts crying, oh, I've done all I can do for you, yeah, blah, 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 that's fine too. If she fall out and die, just look down and realize, oh, she just died. I wonder if she has any insurance. How am I going to get her back to Mexico to bury her? <laughs> <laughs> Don't have any reaction to her at all because you are going there to forgive her so that God can forgive you. All right? That makes sense? Yes. And you're going to be shaking in your boots. <laughs> but it's the last time you ever have to shake in your boots. Mm. Because once you forgive her, God's going to draw you in. And now you're operating from perfect love. And in perfect love, there is no fear. But this phony emotion of love is fear. You have fear in that. All right? And if you need me to help you, I'll go with you to talk to her. Okay. All right? <laughs> Any you other questions? Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> you may have to interpret for me. Okay. All right. Does it help to know that? Yes, thank you. Yeah. I'm telling you, what you've been looking for is inside of you, and you just have not been able to see it because of the anger. Because anger is darkness, anger is evil, it's of your father, the devil, and it shuts off the light that's inside of you, the, the kingdom of heaven inside. All right? All right? I'm glad you came. Thank you. Is this your first time here? And how did you hear? What's your name? Uh, my name is Bernardo. How did you hear about us? Uh, well, I came with my mom. Oh, you came with your mother? Yeah. Are you angry at your mother? You can't stand her? Uh, yeah, there's times when I am angry. Yeah. But to be honest, I'm not, I'm not like physically angry where I tell her, hey, you know, I don't like you. I don't like what you said. I just, uh, to be honest, I just, because, because I work a lot. So when I go to work, I just forget about it and just focus on work. What does, how, how does she get on your nerves at times? You wish you would stop doing what? I wouldn't say she gets on my nerves, but more like she comes out with telling me what is wrong with me. And she does have a point. She does have a point where... You still live with her? Yeah. How old are you? 25. Why are you living with her? You're never going to grow up living with her. Yeah. Why are you there? I made the wrong decisions. You know, I should be having a career, getting a good job going, but it's only that this year I realize, hey, you know, you got to start doing something because you are 25. Uh, this year I just woke up and realized you are 25. That's right. You, you have a girlfriend who, uh, I'm sorry, um, I have a girlfriend who's, what, 22 years old? She's a law officer and... I look, at her, I look at both my mom and my girlfriend and realize, hey, you know, these two are doing something to you. Your mom's telling you that, you know, you got to grow up, and it's only this year that I realize, hey, you know, both of them are right. You know, are you going to be 30 and still living with your mom? No, but so if you don't stop resenting your mother and you end up marrying this woman that you're dating, it's going to be a mother-son relationship because you said she's a lawyer? Uh, no, officer. Oh, officer? Yeah. Oh, officer. She's yeah. just like your mother. She's going to control you, too. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is she already controlling you? Uh, she can be, yeah. Yeah. 
you've got to forgive your mother. Why did you put him out at 18? Where's your father? Colorado. Where? Colorado. Uh, Where? Divorce. Colorado. Oh, Colorado. And did, did, he, did you grow up with him? No, no, he wasn't there. How do you feel about him? How do you feel about him? Uh, still waiting for him to call. You know, I'm always the one calling him, but I just decided that, you know what, I want to see if he will call me. And it doesn't no, happen. Doesn't don't happen. do that. No. That's such a woman's way of dealing with things. <laughs> I ain't going to call. <laughs> I'm not going to call him unless he call me. That's not love. If your father could do better, he would. Just as if you could do better, you would. It's the same spirit. And you have no right treating your father like that. I would, here's what I recommend because of time. I'm out of time here. Here's what I recommend. Forgive your mother because she can't, couldn't help herself. Uh, it, it wasn't in her. You hear how her mother messed her up. She became just like her mother. And then she recreated you and her image as her mother recreated her and her image. All right. So you got to just like you can't help yourself. Just realize your mother did the best she could. It was wrong, but she did the best and forgive her. And then move out. And do not get married right now. Don't go live with this woman that you're dating because it's going to end up being the same situation. You're going to hate yourself. She's going to hate you for being weak and it's going to be a mess. You got to grow up first. And the way you grow up is by forgiving and then go out on your own, even if you have to live on the streets. At least you have something to pull yourself up. But as long as you have a comfort zone at home, you're never going to get better. You got to move out. Get a car wash job or do something. That makes sense? That makes sense. You got to fight for your life because they're not, your mother wants you to have it, but she can't give it to you. Your girlfriend cannot give it to you. You got to go for it. And the beginning is to become yourself and the way you become yourself by forgiving your mother and your father and call your father up and have a conversation with him. Let him know that you needed him. You now understand he couldn't help it. And you're sorry for being angry at him, too. And show your father and mother love by being honest with them and fair. And God will honor that man. It'll be amazing. You got to fight for your life. I, I know a man that I've been working with for years, and he didn't forgive his mother. He still lived with her. He just turned 60 years old. And he's still at home, and he keeps telling me, I wish I had listened. I wish I had. It's not too late in my mind, but to him, he thinks it's too late. He's 60 years old. He hates his mother. She hates him because he's weak, and she made him that way. So you got to get away, man. You don't, in all honesty, you don't really need a girlfriend right now because you don't know what to do. You're too subject to women. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. So you don't need a girlfriend. You need to grow up first because you're not going to be any good to any woman at this point. And then your girlfriend is going to resent you for being so, so nothing, so weak. What do you think? You're absolutely right. And how does it feel to hear, hear this? It's the truth. Oh. Yeah, speaking to anybody. Yeah. To what? Yeah, it's the truth. Yeah. yeah. It's the truth. So will you start working on it? Yeah. Okay. So the first step is to realize I'm wrong for resenting my parents. 
They couldn't help themselves. They really couldn't. And have a talk with your mother about it, your father, and God will forgive you. Do my, are you doing my silent prayer yet? Uh, what is it? It's a, a quiet prayer that shows you how to be still so God can catch up with you, enlighten you, and change your life. So you can download it on uh, rebuildingtheman.com slash church. I want you to start, both of you, start with the prayer. It's going to be amazing. All right? But you've got to forgive your parents. And are you having sex with this girl? Uh, yeah. I'm sorry? Uh, yes. Why? Yeah. It's, it's, it's just marijuana. It's weakening you. Have you noticed that? Yes, it is. You got to stop, man. And, and do it when you get married. That makes sense? That makes sense. Does that make sense to you too? Yes. Yeah. Um, did, you, did you know he resented you? I don't resent you. I'm sorry? Yes. Let her have the mic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I have, uh, well, I, I'm a single mom. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, it's hard yeah. to get the two positions, father and mother. I try and don't. But it's, sometimes it's, you have to, I mean. It's not even in your nature to be exactly, a father. Exactly. So, so you're trying to do something that doesn't even exist. It's a pressure in your life. Yeah. And you express the, the frustration, the, the pressure. Yeah. And you put it in your children. I understand that. It's true. Well, apologize to him and then back off. Don't give him any advice, have nothing to do with his life, and let him work it out. Will you do that for me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then one day you'll be, you have peace because you know your son is a man now and he can take care of himself. Uh-huh. But Paula, how many children do you have? Two. Oh, yeah. Two. Two sons? No, it's uh, my daughter is, is, is uh, 20. Oh, okay. He's 25. But uh, my daughter is out of the house. Apologize to your daughter, too. Sure. All right? And just say, you know, like, don't say if I did anything. Because you know what you did. You know how impatient yeah. you were. You know how forceful you were with them. We needed just, to be honest. Yes. Just be honest. Yourself. And if she said, oh, mom, that's okay. Just say, no, it's not okay. I was wrong, and I'm sorry for that. And I hope for your sake you can forgive me so you can go free. Okay. All right? Okay. Wow. Uh, let me tell you this, and then I'm done. To the son. Right now, you have a woman's nature. Did you know that? Yeah, I started to see it this. Speaking to the thing. Oh, yeah. You knew you were a woman and not a man? You have yeah. a woman nature? Yeah, I started to realize it like two weeks ago. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, and the reason you have a woman's nature is because of the resentment you have for your mother. You lost yourself and became her personality, her identity. But don't worry. The fact you can face that, then God will take it away from you. He really will. He'll take that spirit away and give you back yourself. The one you had prior to the fall. All right? All right? All right. I can't hear you. Oh, sorry. Just yeah, he's doing this. Yes, but, the whole mic thing, this is all new to me. So. Well, I understand. Yeah. Did yeah. this help today? This did help. Oh, good. It really did. Real fast, how did you realize you were a woman? What caused you two weeks ago to realize that? Uh well, as a year approached, you know, like I said, you know, the year approached and I realized you're 25, you're still living with your mom. You know, what are you doing? What are you going to do? 
You know, what yeah. are you going to do as a man that provides? What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, you're still working these minimum wage jobs. And not only that, but I guess what made me realize that you're acting like a woman is... Uh, what made me realize that I'm acting like a woman is the way I act towards my mom, my girlfriend, and the people around me. Yeah. That when they try to talk to me, I hear them out, but then it goes out, it goes in one ear, out the other. Yes. And then just go on with, go on with my day. Yes. Well, that's good, man. You're on your way. You'll be fine. Don't judge yourself. Don't be mad about yourself. Just see it the way you're seeing it. You see the reality. And that's what confessing your sin is. When you can see that you're wrong, then God will do the rest. Don't add on to it by judging yourself and all that kind of stuff. You just need to see it, but don't have an opinion of it. That, that was also another problem that when they told me that you're this and you're that, I let that control me and say, you know what, they're right. That's all I'm ever going to be. But, yeah, like I said, then. Yeah, don't say those yeah. things. Because that's not all you're ever going to be, especially now. Yeah. Now you know what to do. Forgive them just simply by apologizing for being angry. You can help it. Call your father up. Forgive him. And do the silent prayer. It'll start to change. All right? Are you in love with this girl? We've been together for, it's going to be five years now, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So you got to deal with her differently, too. Yes. And she's not going to like it, though. I know she won't. Uh-uh. I know she won't, but... Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be saying, oh, you cheating on me. Or you listening to that preacher man. Uh, She's going to do everything she can to control you. And then once you get control, then she's going to hate you for it. You need to be a man. <laughs> that makes sense? That makes sense. Yeah, but just let her mouth run. She can't help it. And you go on with your life. All right? Yeah. All right. You glad she came? I'm actually did glad I came. Yeah. Didn't expect this, but I'm glad That's I came. That's why God brought you here. He heard your cry. He know that you want to overcome this. And he want you to know as soon as you forgive, he will forgive you and you can live your life. So go out this week and get a job. Do you have a job? I got a job, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll start saving your money. And if you need a second job, get a second job. And then do the silent prayer and learn to speak up. Everything will change. All right? But don't be angry. When they call you names, no big deal. If they tell you wonderful, no big deal. I'm telling you, man, it, it's going to help you. Any questions? Uh, no. Okay. No questions. Um, are you li- is this woman living with you? No. Oh, good. She lives with her parents. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and you don't live with her or with her parents, right? No. Oh, good. All right. We'll start dealing with her, like, differently. Mm. You'll get over it. It'll pass. All right. Eventually you, it will. Do you have any questions? No. Thank okay. You. you glad you came? Yes. Did this help? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. It's so simple. It's just simply, uh, you just have to forgive. You know what? I can't finish these. I have written down some things that I want you guys to think about for this week. And it's so good. But now you have to wait all week. Unless you seek the Father for yourself and he should reveal it to you, then you have it. You don't have to wait on me. I'm just pointing the way to the sources inside of you. Look within, know thyself, don't analyze yourself, just watch what's going on on the inside, and revelation will be revealed. 
and it makes you free. And I'm sorry I can't get to this for you folks out there. I've really gone over time, right, Jane? Yep. Way over time, but it was worth it. Don't forget, we need your support. You can donate to the church, to the organization, uh, by going to rebuildingtheman.com slash church, or call 800-411-BOND. And if you need counseling, we provide counseling anywhere in the world, either by phone or you can come in. We have the best counseling service on this side of heaven. Most of the time, you only need one session, maybe two, but most of the time, one. All right. So if you need counseling, give us a call. And this is this the third Thursday night coming up? Yeah. Yeah. This Thursday night, we're having the women's forum, the first one for this year. Women only, ladies only forum at 7 p.m. this Thursday. Every third Thursday night is for ladies only. First Thursday for men only and Sunday morning for everybody. Thank you for tuning in, and I really, really appreciate it. Don't forget to do the silent prayer. What? Oh, no. I'm not off the camera yet. And uh, thank you all for coming. I appreciate it. Amazing.